The KTSA Home Improvement Show with Martin Bamba, presented by Window World. Talk to Martin now, 210-599-5555. Now, Martin Bamba. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the KTSA Home Improvement Show on AM 550 KTSA FM 1071. Uh, Martin Bomber right here. That's my buddy Jim Smith. And we are here to help. And uh, it's the show all about you and your home improvement questions. That's right. It's all about uh, what you've got on your mind today as far as home improvement uh, projects and things going on around and, and outside your house, uh, from the roof to the foundation and everything in between. Phone lines are open at 210-599-5555. 210-599-5555 is the number to get in on the conversation this morning uh, as we get this show rolling for a beautiful Saturday in the Alamo City and uh, and, and, and all points uh, that are being listened to this morning by our, our wonderful KTSA listeners. And I'm talking lots and lots and lots of areas covered by ktsa in fact we have listeners throughout the coastal bend area the hill country uh out west uh i think as far as laredo if i'm not mistaken i I mean we've got we've got listeners all over the place and uh, we thank you to all send a thank you to all of our great listeners uh everywhere we uh, on on a regular basis we get calls from victoria uh corpus christi uh portland rockport uh Boy, Three Rivers, George West, I couldn't possibly name all of the places that we have listeners, but uh, thank you so much for making us a part of your Saturday morning. How you doing uh, there, brother? You doing all right this morning? Doing good, doing good. Hey, man, you left out the hill country. We get Fredericksburg, Kerrville, Ingram, uh, oh my goodness, Comfort. That's what I'm telling you, man. I couldn't, if I yeah. tried to list everybody yeah. that... Uh, it's just, that, it's- it's impossible. And it's an amazing listener base that we have. They are great, great, great listeners. They call in with wonderful questions most of the time. Sometimes they stump us, but when they stump us, then we try to find the answers. See, those are the fun ones, though, the, the yeah. ones that make us make us really think. Um, you know, last week we had a topic that we were going to talk about, and uh, we just never got to it. We had lots and lots of callers, and, and listen, if we have lots of callers today, guess what? We're going to push it again. But, uh, but we were going to talk about granite countertops versus quartz countertops. And the pluses, minuses, and and uh, and everything that goes along with those choices when it comes to countertops, probably not probably they are the two most popular choices in counters on the market today, and and they have some distinct differences. Um, and and uh, we're going to talk about what the uh, the differences are and and what may be right for your kitchen or your bathroom or wherever you're planning on putting that uh, today on the show. Uh, as always, you know we've got uh, we've got great callers and great listeners, and we always want to get to those first. So let's go ahead and get this party started with Bob. Bob, good morning. Welcome to the KTSA Home Improvement Show. Well, good morning, gentlemen, and uh, hello, hello, Jam. How you doing, man? Well, hello, Bob. How are you today? Good. And Mama said thank you for the envelope. Oh, you're quite welcome. You're quite welcome. Thank y'all. But the only the only thing I had to complain about was Amber was not there to hand it to me. <laughs> yeah, she was at lunch, from what I understand. Oh uh, well, I'll have you have to come by someday just to look at a window or something. By the way, guys, you know anybody can get it right once. Anybody can probably uh, make it work even the second time. But the second time, as you well know, I did my windows in two. I did the downstairs first and then the, the upstairs second. They yes. finished the upstairs uh, uh, yesterday or day before yesterday. My friend, 
if I didn't have new windows in there, I would not know they'd been there. Well, we love hearing that. We love hearing that. Trying to find some dust or something I could find. Could not find it in any window. Wow. Well, we yeah. love hearing that. We, but we also, Bob, believe in in setting realistic expectations for our, our customers. And just like any kind of major construction project, uh, my, my dad used to have a, a saying, and and I used it used to crack me up. But he's he was so right. He said, "You know, son, every major operation draws a little blood." And uh, and it's the same thing with with a, a major home improvement uh, remodeling project. It's going to make a little little mess, little dust, but we do our very best every single day to completely get that clean and make it look like we were never there. And I'm glad to hear that was your experience. Are you still there, Bob? You still there, Bob? Uh oh, I think we lost Bob. Hello, Bob. Uh, Nope, I think he's gone. But uh, any anyhow, we appreciate those kind words, and we appreciate that he is a repeat customer so much. And you know, more and more um, after after uh, you know doing windows uh, through the Window World uh, brand for the last going on eighteen years. Debbie and I were talking about that. Can you believe it's been almost eighteen years that we have uh, have been uh, Window World in San Antonio, and we have so many repeat customers, and our referral base is just incredible. We've we've got the best customers in the world, and uh, and we we really owe our success to them. And it's great customers like Bob, and we really do appreciate that. Yes, Bob, absolutely. thank you so much. We we we're sorry we lost you, but thank you for calling. And thanks for being a great customer. We appreciate you. Uh, let's get to John. John, good morning. Welcome to the KTSa Home Improvement Show. Good morning, gentlemen. How are y'all? Outstanding, John. How can we help you this morning? Got a quick question. Um, I'm closer to y'all's Corpus store. Do y'all do um, like rain gutters? Yes, sir. Absolutely. Yes, sir. Okay, because I bought this house uh, right around, well, right after Harvey. They, I was supposed to sign the day the damn storm blew in, and they wouldn't let me sign for a month later. I had to make sure everything was still okay. Sure. And, uh, uh, people we bought it from, there was like two cracked windows. Uh, they one of their their sons or grandsons or something. He was a window guy, so he replaced them. Because if not, y'all were getting the first call on that deal. But was, anyway, the gutters I have now, um, they're all I get on the roof religiously and blow it off with a leaf blower, blow down through there, make sure everything's clean because I don't like water stacking up everywhere. And uh, I noticed that some of them like the like there's one in the front yard that comes out and L's out and goes into the yard. Well, that one kind of broke off on the bottom side to where it just goes straight down now. One on the back corner of the garage does the same thing, and I need to get them. I want to get them fixed. I don't like them like that. Right, right. Uh, as far as fixing gutters, uh, I will tell you that fixing gutters is, is probably not a likelihood. Uh, typically with, with uh, older gutters, the best thing to do is to take them down and replace them. And we do seamless aluminum gutters, uh, six inch. We we use the high volume capacity six inch gutters with high volume downspouts. We have a ton of colors to choose from, and if leaves or uh, or or debris are an issue, if you have a bunch of oak trees or any type of trees around your house and you want to protect those, we also offer some of the best gutter protection you're going to find. You hit the nail on the head. My house is surrounded. I got one, two, three, four, five, six, five oak trees and two crepe myrtles. And, you are a prime yeah, candidate for gutter protection, my friend. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> uh, the way you're thinking. Uh, that was my next question. If you didn't answer it then, that was going to be my next question. 
Uh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. And 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 the thing is, there's uh, there there are other companies out there that do gutter protection. I will tell you that the best the best known one out there, um, we are about half of what they are when it comes to gutters and gutter protection combined. Yes, sir. I appreciate it, and I will be talking to y'all or stopping by y'all store in Corpus pretty damn soon. Well, we'd be very happy to help you, and you can talk to any of our great guys down here in Corpus. we got Kellen and uh, Chad and Ken and, and our brand-new addition that we're really pleased to welcome to the, to the family down here. Uh, Trevor uh, is our new design consultant. Any of these guys are going to be able to help you out and do a great job for you. Gentlemen, I appreciate it. Yes, Thank sir. you, Thank sir. You. We, we appreciate you being a part of the show this morning. Thanks a lot for calling. And uh, phone lines are open, as you can tell, 210-599-5555, 210-599-5555. That's the number to get in on the conversation this morning. Very, very nice. Very, very nice. Good morning to you. Thanks for uh, for being a part of the show this morning. Martin Bomber right here, Jim Smith right there. And we are here to help. And uh, those phone lines are open, 210-599-5555, 210-599-5555. Get yourself a phone line early, as they do tend to fill up as the show progresses. Uh, we would love to talk to you this morning about your home improvement uh, questions, your home improvement concerns. And, uh, and of course, over at Window World, we, we handle a lot of those on a normal, regular, everyday basis. And, uh, you know, uh, most people do realize now that Window World is not just about windows. We have uh, some of the best insulated siding systems that you can find. We've got, uh, the, you know, of course, the gutters, the seamless gutters and gutter protection that we talked about with John a little while ago as well as beautiful entry door systems, garage doors, uh, patio doors, you, you name it. I mean, we've, we've, uh, if it's for the exterior of the home, we've probably got you covered. Yes, sir, absolutely. Anything, like we always say, anything from the roof to the foundation and everything in between. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. And uh, that's what the show's about, by the way, folks, is, is talking to you about your home improvement questions, your home improvement concerns. And it's all about uh, those those uh, those things that, that you're planning on doing around the house. Now, maybe you're planning on doing it yourself. Uh, maybe you have a uh, maybe you have uh, a project that's a little too big to tackle yourself. And, and I'll tell you what, one of the most important things you can know and learn as a do-it-yourself do-it-yourselfer is when not to do it yourself. Absolutely, and that's, that's a tough one. You know, it's a tough one, especially for guys that have a lot of skill and uh, and and you know really do have a lot of different uh, tools in their bag, so to speak, when it comes to different things around the house. Uh, you know, Jim is a great example. Um, Jim is uh, is just one of those guys that at one point or another. In his life, has probably done a little electrical work on his house. He's probably done plumbing. Not probably. He's definitely done plumbing. Absolutely AC, uh, drywall, roofing. You name it. Uh, if it if it could be done on a house, chances are good. Between Jim and myself, we've we've done uh, uh, all of it. And I will tell you that Jim is is much more astute when it comes to electric and and uh, and, and and technical things than I am. Uh, it's it's the nature of how he was trained in his degree uh, as an engineer. Uh, he's just extremely good at that. But even Jim and I know when it's time to call in a professional. Isn't that right, Jim? Yes, sir. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> we, we, we like, we like number one, we like breathing. Uh, we yes. like living. Uh, we like, we like hanging out together. And the only way we get to do that is we keep, if, if we keep surviving. And, uh, you know, there are certain things that are just beyond what, what well, a, a, a layperson should be doing. 
Well, and I like, I, I love my wife too, and I love being married. I mean, there's times when it comes to <laughs> yeah. the point where it's like, hey, get this done. And it's like, okay, well, I will call someone to get it done. Yeah, right. And 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 whenever you have a busy schedule, I've always subscribed to the uh, I've always subscribed to the belief that uh, I, I make more money doing what I do than doing what somebody else does. And I could be helping our economy and helping their profession if I let them do what they do and I do what I do. Absolutely. But I even still today, you know, we say that and we can preach about it and talk about it. But even still today, I have more un- incomplete projects around the house than you, you than I can name. It's like the proverbial uh, mechanic that has the car up on the blocks in his front yard. Yep, yep, yep. That's exactly it. <laughs> hey, phone lines are open at 210-599-5555. 210-599-5555. That's the number to get in on the conversation this morning with your home improvement questions. And uh, last week we started a uh, we started a uh, uh, a conversation uh, that turned into a, a pretty good discussion about some things that are going on in the plumbing industry right now and and, and in particular uh, our, at our state level and uh, and Jim has a little bit of an update on uh, plumbing examiners and uh, could you speak a little bit about that please Jim sure what the what the proposal is and what they're trying to do is disband the plumbing examiners board which they are the governing board that sets the rules and regulations for plumbers all over the state of Texas and it's done at a state level and it's proposed to disband that and put the control back into the municipalities and the counties. Um, it, but but in doing that, if they've already decided that they were going to disband the plumbing examiner's board here in a month. And if they do that, none of the states or municipalities are ready for to take on the, the, the task. So Governor Abbott has stepped in, and he has assured the plumbers uh, associations, and he's assured um, the consumers that he has the authority without calling a special session to extend the plumbing examining board for up to two years. And he is checking into it. He is delving into it right now to find out and to make a decision on whether or not to extend the plumbing examiner's board. And we just want to say thank you, Governor Abbott, for for getting into this for us. And please just follow through and and keep our consumers uh, in Texas protected. Because without this governing board or some type of governing, then the consumers are just left wide open. Hey, sorry about that, Jim. I, I oh, dropped no for, problem. for I, I dropped for just a second there. My apologies. No problem. No problem. But as I was saying, you know, without the protection of the plumbing examiner's board or protection on a municipal level, the consumers are left with no protection, and and there's no governing body to govern the plumber the the plumbing industry. Well, um, here's here's my question about the way it currently stands, and and you and I both know that having legislation and having um, having rules in place and having uh, you know, processes in place is fantastic, but if you have no teeth and no way to enforce those, they're just a bunch of a, a bunch of words. Right. And and is that where we're at right now in the plumbing industry? Is that the issue? Is that they they don't have enough uh, uh, field um, personnel to go out and actually enforce these codes and these rules? No, no. What the the reason that they're talking about disbanding the plumbing examiners is because they're saying that it's stifling the the plumbing industry that they can't get enough. Uh, qualified plumbers out there fast enough because as it stands right now the plumbing examiner's board in austin you have to go to austin to take any of your level of testing um has to be done in front of the board now the there's a great reason for that it's because you have to show practical knowledge it's not just a book test you actually have to show hands-on practical knowledge well and again last week 
last week i think that we that we um uh, you know we made the correlation about uh, your driving test how safe and and how confident would we be on the road if we were on the road with thousands of people who had taken the written test but had never gotten behind the wheel and shown anybody that they could actually practice what they were writing down exactly exactly and that's where the plumbing examiner's board is at but because of budget constraints they haven't had the the operating capital i guess you could say to expand and put in more examiners and more testing facilities so they only have the one testing facility in austin um it's a it's a two-edged sword one way you put some more money into the examining board and you let allow them to open up more testing centers the other way you put it back on the municipalities either way is going to work martin but you got to have one in place and ready to go before you disband the other well i i just can't imagine completely doing away with oversight and 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 following the codes is a good answer well it wouldn't if be, that's it indeed what's happening it wouldn't be completely doing away with oversight what they're proposing is that the, they put the oversight back on the city's responsibility or the county's responsibility which is much the way that the electrical licensing and the air conditioning licensing work you receive a contractor's license from the state but your 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 entity that controls you and that 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 inspects your jobs and that takes care of makes sure that you're doing everything correct is the city or county you're working in correct that could work for the plumbing industry also but you need to have that in place before you disband the plumbing examining board yeah and i don't disagree with that and if there is a plan to have something in place like that we would love to hear from somebody uh that's on the other side of this of of, of this topic um that maybe can explain something that we're missing or we don't understand right absolutely because i i mean we could be just getting one side of all of this because we have a lot of friends that are plumbers so we could be just getting one side but i have done a lot of research and it doesn't seem like it's one-sided there are consumers out there that are just as concerned as the plumbers are. Well, I'd, I'd love to hear, and, and maybe that's maybe that's our homework for next week, is trying to find somebody uh, from the state that can, can explain to us why this is happening and what the benefits are of this happening. Right, right, okay. Well, let's just, uh, I, let's, I will task myself with that. Let's, let's, let's think about doing that, because I think we do need to hear the other side of the of the equation here just to get a clear picture of what exactly is going on and why um we do need to get back to the phone lines though they are open at 210-599-5555 210-599-5555 is that number and uh, we go to Susie. Susie, good morning welcome to the ktsa home improvement show good morning guys i'm um, question for you i like to keep my house at 78 degrees so i don't keep the air conditioning on very high but I'm considering dropping a line from my unused dining room area, keeping it, of course, into the garage. What are the pros and cons of dropping an air conditioning line into the garage? I know you have to seal the doors, you know, so that air conditioning doesn't seep underneath the floor. Pros and cons about doing that. So uh, Jim, out there well, in 105 degree heat index. I think that a better a better option, and and I'm. Uh, you correct me if I'm wrong, Jim, but I think a better option would be considering uh, installing a mini split out in that garage. Absolutely. Um, What's a mini split? It is a ductless air conditioning system. It, it, uh, there's a unit that hangs on the wall inside the garage and a little unit that sits on the ground outside the garage. Hmm. The only penetration through the wall is for the piping, and they run the piping inside. And this thing will, it, it you know, you can get different sizes. Uh, it can be sized to run the garage. The main i really can't think of a lot of pros 
of running the air conditioning out of the house. Uh, I can't. All no. I can think of is cons. Um, number one, your garage door is not insulated, so you're going to have to not only just seal the, around that door, you're going to have to insulate that door. Uh-huh. Your garage probably doesn't have any attic insulation above the garage. Um, okay. There's probably none in, this, in the attic. You're going to have to insulate that. And your air conditioning system on the house was designed for the square footage that it serves right now. Mm-hmm. You add more square footage to it, you're going to take away from the main part of the house. Okay. You know, so there's there's nothing. I really can't think of any pros of adding a, a drop from the dining room. Okay. So, air conditioning it with what does it call? You said again, a split. How much do those things cost? It's a mini split, and depending on the size that you get, you're going to range anywhere from the. Uh, I would say twenty five hundred, um, all the way up to five thousand, depending on the efficiency and the whole air conditioning system in itself. Uh, it could be. Uh, it, it depends on the level that you get. You can get an entry level system, you know, or you can get the the Cadillac. And tell me how it splits again, because I'm confused. A window unit needs to have an outside exposure to take the hot air out and let the water yes, ma'am. out. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. And the humidity. So what's this split thing, please? The mini split. I have a brick house, by the way. Okay. Well, the mini split is it's got an evaporator hanging on the wall inside, and they drill a hole through the wall, and they can core through the brick or just take one brick out. Mm-hmm. Um, they go right through the wall with the pl- with the piping, the refrigerant piping, and with the drain line. So okay. all of this is expelled out of the home. And then there's a small condensing unit. It's almost like your central air conditioning system, except that it's ductless. There's no duct work off right, of it. Right. And it's and it's meant for a a a, a particular room. So in other words, it's yes. great for for garages, for game rooms, for uh, for maybe an office addition onto your home. It's great for all of these things. Okay. Situation is money. I have a wooden door that goes to the backyard. What about cutting a hole through that and putting a window AC unit in there and having that cool it? Sure. Of sure, course you could do that. You could do that. There's you no just... reason you can't do that. No. Okay. And, cool. and I mean, if you're really, really pressed, and, and, and well, there are also. I, don't need it to be, I need it to be 70, 80 degrees, not. Huh. You you you, you might even go easier than that. There, is, there a, is there a window in the garage? No, but they're the brick, uh, two brick, you know, air things, air vents, I guess you call them. So I do have access to the. Okay. Outside. Well, here's here's another uh, another option is a portable uh, air conditioning unit. That's a, a little box unit that you bring in. It's got a little tube on it, or not tube. It's got a little exhaust on it, much like the exhaust on your dryer. Uh-huh. You you mount that to one of your one of your uh, vents that's going out, and there you go. And that is called a portable AC unit? Port- it's portable, portable AC. AC. Yep. You can get it at, at, at any big box store they have them. Now, the main thing to remember about the portable AC unit is that it's going to have a drain catch right. that's going to have right. to be emptied. You, you're gonna have well, to well you, can run a tube, you can run a tube outside off of them. Yeah, well, you can. Yeah, just like, just, like a, right. just, like a, just like a dehumidifier. You can either use the reservoir or you can run a tube out. I also have a couple of dehumidifiers from when I lived in New Mexico. Would those also, of course, take the moisture out? Absolutely. Uh, It'll sure help. You can be comfortable at 80, 85 degrees if you get that humidity below 50, 55 uh, percent, then 80 to 85 degrees is comfort zone. Yeah, yesterday I couldn't believe it. It was like 90-something out, and I'm going, damn, there's no humidity. This is fantastic. It feels so good, yeah. Absolutely, and, and my it can father be. Used to say this used to be San Antonio weather when he was in the forties here. Believe it or yeah. not, we were that dry a city then. And in my age, you could fry an egg at nine o'clock at night when I was growing up. You know. Oh man! Oh man! And, anyway, well, thank and, you guys. Appreciate that. Thank uh, you, Susie. We appreciate. 
and insulation on the, of course, the ceiling would help a lot too. But like it I sure said, would. I'm not going to be living there. I just want to take the edge off the heat, so I can. I have a ceiling fan and a and a uh, circulating fan, so I just thought I've got to get the heat out, but the humidity as well too. Thank yes, you very ma'am. much. Thank you, Susie. We appreciate it. Talk to Martin now at 599-5555. Now, Martin Bomba. All right. Welcome back, everybody. It's the KTSA Home Improvement Show. Phone lines are open at 210-599-5555. 210-599-5555. I'm Martin Bomba. That's Jim Smith. And we are here to help. And let's get right back to them. Uh, Joe, good morning. Welcome to the KTSA Home Improvement Show. Good morning, gentlemen. Um, I want to ask you about some storm doors I have. Um, we built our house in um, 2004, and we had installed a glass door at the front door and the back door. I think they call them a storm door. And they're still working really fine, but the locking mechanism seems to be wearing out. Do you think that part can be replaced to keep the door? Well, that depends on the make and manufacturer of the door. There are doors uh, that, uh, that that were installed, and in fact, we installed uh, storm doors back in the you know 60s, 70s, and into the 80s that unfortunately are no longer manufactured, and and you have very very difficult time finding parts for now that's that's not to say that that's the case with yours it's very possible that you can do you know who made the storm door who the manufacturer uh, no, is i bought them from a, a, a local uh, distributor at that time and um, I, I had a, a man to install them and the doors are still working fine uh, there's no problem with the door but the latch on the door it it wasn't a real strong latch, but it was a latch where you could uh, uh, turn it to um, uh, turn a bolt over, um, say at night. Uh, but that part is uh, slipping a little bit, and um, uh, I don't know if I could even find the name of the manufacturer of that door. It might be on the handle or on the lock itself. Just look on that and see if you can see a name anywhere on the handle or on the lock itself. Uh, if I find that, then how would I go to find the lock? You would just are you on, are you online? Are you online? Do you do you go on the internet at all? Yes, sir. Okay, if you do that, the first thing that I would do is find the the manufacturer, the make of the door, and I would just Google uh, parts for, and then put that name in. Okay. Uh, and then and, and the to see what pops up. Made by the same people. They they were very similar. They fit the size for the door. Do you remember the name of the distributor that you bought the door from? Um, it's a fellow used to, um, um, he, he did a show, uh, a handyman show. Okay, so you, you bought it from, from, a, from a, a hardware store. Okay. Uh, yeah, um, sure. Okay. And, and, I, and, they came, uh, and then I had a man that knew how to do that, and he installed them for me, and he did a good job, and they're still working. Okay. Uh, I don't know what brand it was. If it was a distributor, I would have been able to possibly narrow it down. I really and truly don't know what brand of door. He used to be on West Avenue, and he has a, a, a talk show on another station. Okay. Um, I, you know, I don't know um, what brand that was, but see if you can find a name either along the inside edge of the door or as Jim said, on the handle itself or on the lock. And and that's the first thing that you're going to need to do to narrow down what it is because, unfortunately, there's no such thing as a universal handle 
for storm doors. It's not like uh, it's not like uh, like well, an entry door. Find that. Uh, do you have um, a locksmith or someone you could suggest to install it? If I can find the parts. You know, uh, the best person to get to do that would be a handyman service, and uh, and there are uh, a half a dozen good ones in San Antonio. Again, uh, the the internet is a wonderful thing for this type of thing. Just Google top rated handyman services San Antonio, and you're going to have a list that that you can choose from. Okay. Okay. I'll do that. Thank you. Thank you very much. We appreciate that. And uh, yeah, that's the thing with with storm doors is that uh, they, they they're all very particular to the type of mechanisms that they use in the handle set. So one yep. does not fit the other, yep. and uh, and you have to know who the brand and the make is. And it also helps to narrow down about what age it is. That those things will help tremendously. Uh, right on back to the phone lines, uh, Gary. Good morning. Welcome to the KTSA Home Improvement Show. Well, thank you. Um, I'm not going to try to to assume I know what our legislators are thinking, but I'm in the foundation repair business. We've tried every two years for about decades to try to get them to create a licensing for foundation repair. We don't have to have a license to jack your house up, spin it around, put it on wheels, drive it down the street. (laughs) That is insane. You have to have a license, yeah, to to, uh, you know hang a ceiling fan uh, as an electrician or uh, set a toilet as a plumber. Yes. Uh, yes, and, and hey, and guess what? You have to have a license in San Antonio to take out a window and put another one just like it back in its place. Yes, you do. Oh, sure. Yeah, I mean, in San Antonio, unless uh, unless they uh, like the paint you're using, they want a permit. You're not but, kidding. Uh, <laughs> back to uh, you know the thought process. I, I think they look at it as a, a kind of a right to work state where. Uh, they don't want to over-regulate, and so they keep denying us any type of licensing journeyman-type program that we propose. The Foundation Repair Association has done all of the work and laid the whole thing out, and they still just turn it down every time we put it up there. Uh, with the plumbers, I've already heard uh, two announcements. One was that they were going to do away with uh, the state licensing. And two, that the city of San Antonio is picking up that slack immediately. They've already announced that they're going to be uh, kind of replacing that function. Uh, but as the legislature looks at it, I, I think they don't think it's that complicated for you to put uh, fall on a pipe and, and glue a joint, uh, to use charts to properly size things. And half of me agrees with them, half of me disagrees. Um, I know during the, the old days we had the Texas Residential Construction Commission that popped up, and they wouldn't even give us a license. They, they treated us like a roofer, stating that, you know, if, if all you're doing is replacing defective components, you're not adding to or improving or deviating from the original design. You're just like a roofer that's putting a new set of shingles on a roof. Uh, you don't need a license with the Texas Residential Construction Commission. Yeah, the TRCC and the TRCC required licensing for doing things as simple as replacing the siding on a house or adding siding to a house where you're not even changing the scope or the size of anything on the home. So that, well, that just doesn't just, make sense to me. Yeah, it doesn't make a lot of sense other than, again, if you look back to what uh, I guess Texas wants to be, wild and free, the Wild West, uh, you know, you don't really want to overregulate industries, and in the same breath, uh, we feel like there should be some consumer protections. And so, uh, I I think they're just throwing it back onto the cities, which I loathe. Um, pulling permits all over the state and all over the United States, every city has their own little hoops you jump through. They want a business license, they want a bond, they want this much in insurance, they want, you know, they, it just makes it more difficult to do business in Texas when you throw it back to the cities. 
Uh, but that's well, you know what? It's not it's not so bad for the for the contractor, whomever that is, that only works in that city. So, in other words, if you only work in San Antonio, hey, that's not so bad. But for the companies like Window World and other major companies out there that work in say thirty, forty, fifty different municipalities, that means that we are pulling permits and having to register and having to pay permit fees in thirty or forty different municipalities around the state. And and I'm with I, I you. Agree. It's, yeah. yeah, I agree. I mean, we have the same issue. We work all over the country, as a matter of fact. And pulling a permit in Los Angeles is completely different than pulling a permit in, say, San Antonio, Texas. You're not there kidding. Is yeah. a certain, there's a certain level of protectionism done uh, in those smaller cities. Say, Seguin is a great example of a city gone crazy with protectionism. Uh, they want you to be a local Seguin company if that's what they prefer, and they make it uh, you know, a little more difficult for anyone outside of Seguin to do business in Seguin. San Marcos brags about being one of the hardest companies to get a contractor's license in, or hardest, yeah. hardest cities to get a, a contractor's license in. That should yeah. not be something they brag about. So it should not. Things, uh, this is not a bad deal. I mean, we break pipes. We do massive destruction when we level houses. And it pains me to pay $200 for somebody to come in and sweat some copper with some silver solder and run a pressure test. I can do that. Uh, I've been able to do plumbing repairs all my life, but I'm not allowed to because I'm not a licensed plumber. So in a way, it may be that there's a, a risk-reward uh, involved. I would just caution any consumers that are working with a unlicensed plumber that hasn't gone through a journeyman program and become a master uh, to make sure that uh, any work that's done is thoroughly tested before it's backfilled because you don't want to be surprised uh, when that leaks and wreaks havoc on your foundation, you've got to call me to come out and fix your house now. Well, I'll tell you what. Anybody who is is hiring an unlicensed plumber or a plumber that does not have uh, a track record uh, to back up their their expertise, I, I, I it is buyer beware. And uh, I, I just yeah. Yeah. I, that that's a hard one for me to you know to encourage anyone to do. And and for any amount of money, I understand wanting to save money. Heck, we all want to save money. I get that. But uh, but man, I'm telling you, it's just uh, there is there is no uh, th- there's just no way that I can I can in good conscience encourage someone to do that. So I don't, I don't know what I the answer is here. I, mean, I, I, I don't I don't either. I'm just going to say that you know we do have uh, market forces at play. It is it is a free market economy, and if somebody does consistently bad work, it's been my experience they don't last very long. Without a doubt, uh, so. without a doubt. But unfortunately, before that happens, they they kind of leave some damage in their wake, and uh, and sure. and I hate seeing that. As a consumer, I hate seeing that. As a talk host uh, who helps people on a weekly basis, I hate, hate seeing that. And as a and, and as a a, a long standing business owner, I hate to see that. But you're right. Uh, yeah. Eventually, it all shakes out, and 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 the economy dictates. You know, you you do enough good work, you grow. You do enough bad work, you go you go away. And uh, and that's that's always been the case i guess uh but uh but uh i i just man i i i don't know i i want to get i want to get the real the real deal story from somebody who is is working on this and i'd love to hear a pitch as to why they think that this is is a great thing to do and and maybe there's a good reason that i'm missing and that jim is missing i don't know well i think it's economic i think the good reason is the state's tired of dealing with it and now the cities will just have to deal with it themselves but it can't be economic if you look back the research that i've done right now the plumbers in the state of texas are dumping a little over five million dollars a year for licensing requirements through the plumbing examiner's board 
less than two point less than two point five million of that is budgeted to the board of examiners. The rest of it goes into the state coffers. So the state is eliminating almost three million dollars of revenue for them. They're eliminating that revenue by doing this. It would make more sense to me to put another million into the plumbing examiners, keep two million for the state, and let's just bring the plumbing examiners board up to to, to something that, that that works better than it does now. I agree well, with you. I think that's a, a wise thing. This has been in place for a long time. A lot of people have built their entire companies based on these protections that licensing allows. Part of the reason why we in the foundation business wanted to have licensing was to stop the pickup truck contractors that run in, take the money, and disappear or do shoddy work that we have to fix a year later. There's nothing more disheartening than hearing uh, from a customer that paid thousands of dollars and their house is just as bad or worse a year later. Uh, we all hate those stories. And, yeah, if you've done the math and, and it's literally a, uh, a cash cow, then it doesn't make much sense that they would do it from an economic standpoint. I, I don't know if it's a bother issue. Maybe they're just tired of being bothered with it. But they won't give foundation contractors licensing. I just don't understand. Uh, I, I hate to admit I hate to admit this, Gary, but I did not know that foundation companies did not have to be licensed I in any way. I did not either. That I just makes no sense. It blows most people's minds. Yeah, I know. Now, out of all of the out of all of the trades, uh, that would be one of them that I would think would would need a little little bit of licensing. But <laughs> wow, it's amazing. Uh, wow. Like I said, I'm able to I'm able to manipulate your entire structure uh, from underneath, and I don't have anybody looking over my shoulder to make sure I know what I'm doing or that I'm doing it right or that I'm not creating more damage than I'm resolving. Uh, and and I can tell you this: years. in the last last 25 years, Gary, I can't count the amount of times I've been in a customer's home that has had a bad experience with a foundation company. Yep. And, and that's a that is a that, that is a disheartening and devastating thing for for folks, especially when they spent every penny that they had to get that work done, then to find out yeah. that the company's either a not in business or b just they won't respond anymore. And and right, and it's just right. it's just uh, it's a it's a terrible anyway. I don't want to see that happen in the plumbing industry or any other industry. And and this will be an ongoing conversation for some time to come. Gary, thanks for being a part of it. We are up against the time wall. Welcome back, everybody. It's the KTSA Home Improvement Show on AM 550 KTSA FM 1071 on a beautiful Saturday morning. 210-599-5555 is that number. 210-599-5555 is the number to get in on the conversation. Martin Bamba, Jim Smith right there. Hey, hey, and we're hey. here to help. Uh, <laughs> we, are, we are back. It kind of, kind of shocked us both there, huh? All right, let's get uh, let's get right back to the phone lines. Larry, good morning. Welcome to the KTSA Home Improvement Show. Good morning, guys. How are y'all doing? Doing great. Fantastic, Larry. How can we help you this morning? All right, so I have a uh, 17-year-old two-story house, um, front brick. On the sides, I have a, about a 10-foot course uh, or wall of, of brick and then uh, cement fiberboard above that. At that uh, at that union right there, they had a uh, two by two on top of the brick that, uh, and then caulked around to uh, to make the seal there. I guess on that uh, on that side. the The problem is now after 17 years, uh, some of that two by two has rotted away and the caulking has has gone away. Um, I'm trying to figure out how to uh, repair that. 
Uh, it's it's really not that difficult. Uh, we, are we talking about a two by two on top of a water table, a brick water table, a little ledge? Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 really not that difficult. What you need to do is is uh, cut that clock away, uh, get you some new um, two by two. Uh, you're going to pull that old two by two out, go back in with brand new two by two. And then recalk everything. Uh, it'll be, I don't know how many feet of this you have to do, but it's probably you know an easy weekend project. I would have to think, and uh, it's usually just an accent piece on a portion of the house. It's not all the way around your house, is it? It's on on two sides. It's about uh, forty foot on each side. Now, okay, so that's does the go ahead, Jim. Does your siding set behind the brick, or does it does the siding stick out farther than the brick? No, it's uh, it sits on top of the brick. Behind. Yeah, it's yeah. behind it. It sits on yeah. top. Okay. You want to also make sure when you pull that two-by-two two off of there that you've got a good flashing detail in there. Well, that's the thing. I don't I don't think there's any flashing back there. What I can see is uh, the uh, the wrap that they put around the the, uh, the house before they put the, the, the siding up. I don't see okay. any metal flashing back there at all. Well, they may have run it as a continuous as a continuous uh, they, watershed they, all the okay, way down. I bet you they did a continuous membrane, which yeah. is typical. They they yep. ran a continuous membrane all the way down the the thing, and then anything that sh- that gets back there sheds out through the weep holes of the brick. Right. Um, yeah, that's that's not a, unusual. Uh, but if you use a good uh, urethane acrylic caulk, do not use a painter's caulk. Do not use an acrylic caulk. Use either a paintable silicone or a urethane acrylic caulk. To, uh, to seal it up whenever you're done. And then if you're going back with two-by-two two wood, you want to make sure that you, you, you paint that wood really well, uh, get a good coat of paint on it so that uh, the moisture doesn't rot it out again. Yeah, perfect. Okay, well, that, uh, that'll give me something to do the next couple of weekends. Yeah, there's there's nothing much to that. It's, it's a pretty easy weekend project for you. All right, perfect. Thanks, guys. All right, buddy. Thanks a lot. Appreciate you calling. Welcome back, everybody. It is the KTSA Home Improvement Show. So, so happy to have you along for the ride this Saturday morning. And uh, it's all about you, your home improvement questions. The phone lines are open at 210-210-599-5555. That's 210-599-5555. I'm Martin Bob, along with Jim Smith. We are here to help. And uh, let's see here. Let's get right back to it. We've got uh, some guys that have been waiting on for a long time here. Let's get right to them. Jack, you're coming right up. But, Brian, you're up next on the KTSA Home Improvement Show. Well, hello. How are you all? Doing Outstanding. great. Outstanding. Brian, how are you this morning? Oh, living the life. Living the All dream. right. If I was doing any better, I'd tell them to keep the check. <laughs> well, how can no, we hey, help you this morning? Well, I just – you can't help me. You already did. You guys installed windows in my house about a month ago, three to four weeks ago. Awesome. And I just want to tell you uh, – uh, I want to give a shout-out to your employees, the two guys that put the put the windows in. Okay. Uh, we had a little had a little hiccup. We were supposed to do it one day, but you couldn't because a couple of windows went to Houston. But when you guys got those things back, you, got those things back uh, you guys got them installed in uh, in a day. And my wife likes them so much, she didn't want to put the blinds back up. So, well, that's uh, a good compliment. <laughs> yeah, it is. So, uh, just I just want to let you know, and uh, and the temperature in the house has gone down, so that's awesome. Outstanding. And, um, yeah. So I just want to let you know. So you need to pat your employees on the back and let them know they did a good job. It looks really smooth, really clean. It was good. A good job. Do you re- do you remember the first name of, of your lead installer? I don't. I don't. Okay. I'm old. Okay. 
I forget. But anyway. <laughs> well, uh, I, listen, I – Go ahead. I think Jim is the one that came out. I, I had called you guys about a month or so. I know more than that because you had to order the windows. But he, uh, it was on a Sunday, and he came out and uh, uh, measured the windows and everything that one day. And then we ordered the windows and had them built and came back. But I I, I, I live in Von Army. So oh, okay. You, I know exactly who I'm talking to now. There you go. There we go. Yeah. I will look up. Hey, did I leave a, a tube with two little metal ring? Uh, two yes, little metal. You did. I, 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 I did. Yeah, I called your company back, but I don't think you guys ever came and got them. And I think my wife probably threw them away. That's no problem. I will okay. definitely find out who exactly it was that did your install and make sure that they get the proper kudos. There you go. And I actually took the lead guy. I think he's a lead guy. I took about. He, he was a. He's a car guy. And I have a Shelby, and uh, I took him for a little ride, and he loved that, too. So. Oh, awesome. oh, man. Awesome. Very nice. So, all right. Well, well hey, thanks. Say thank you, and uh, to, to, you tell your, your guys they did a good job. We absolutely will. Thank you for the all business. Right. We appreciate that, and thanks for taking care of our guys. That's always nice to have uh, customers, you know, treat our guys like that. We appreciate oh, that. Oh. Yeah, you, you know, I'm in business, too, and I mean, well, customer service, and you, all, you only hear the bad stuff. So I always like to tell people they did a good job. Well, we appreciate that. If you're so inclined to go on and give us a nice Google or Yelp uh, uh, rundown, we'd, we'd appreciate that immensely. Okay. Sounds Thank good. Thank you, sir. Yeah, Thanks, day. Brian. Appreciate you. All right, let's get to Jack. Jack, good morning. Welcome to the KTSA Home Improvement Show. Hey, good morning. Thank you for taking my calls. Yes, sir. So yeah, before I ask my question, I just want to give, give, give you guys a shout-out. Uh, I've been listening to your uh, your program for for uh, for a long time, and and I have to say, you guys are really the epitome of great customer service, and uh, I think you're a role model to San Antonio, and I wish all businesses were like yours. And I you really are making oh, show. you're making me blush. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah, but and I, I enjoy your commercials too. Thank you so, very much. I, I appreciate uh, that immensely. We hope that they're entertaining, and uh, hope hopefully we continue helping people for many years. Yeah, and extremely knowledgeable as well. But my question is this, um, kind of off-the-wall question, but <clears throat> I've got a little bit of uh, concrete flaking off the the, uh, the base of my house. Okay. Um, here's my dilemma. So when I go to a hardware store, uh, the, the patched concrete they sell seems to be the gray color, like the yes, mortar-type color. Yes, sir. How, how do I go about getting that brilliant white concrete like the uh, the guys use to make the sidewalks and things like that seems like it's a trade secret or something you know it it's not there is some skill involved in it but but quickcrete has made it very easy uh if you were first of all if you're going in and you're doing any patchwork or you're trying to to give yourself another skim coat over that where it's where it's sloughing off the first thing you need to do is make sure that your area that you're working in is very clean uh, it is damp. You do not want to apply to a dry surface, especially in the summertime, because it will suck the moisture right out of the co uh, concrete that you're putting up, the plaster that you're putting up, and it will not last. You need to have a wet surface that you're applying to, and you need to use a bonding agent. Quickcrete makes a bonding agent, comes in a, in a quart uh, uh, container, and it's white. Uh, looks looks kind of like a really thick milk and you definitely want to use that whenever you apply your new plaster to that area. As far as getting the correct color, that is a trial and error um, process that you're going to go through, and, and the easiest way to do that is to get a bag of regular Quickcrete Mason's Mix and a bag of Quickcrete White Mason's Mix. And the only difference really between a Mason's Mix 
and a concrete is the fact that it doesn't have any aggregate in it. It doesn't have any rocks in it. So the easiest way to, to get your, your mixtures is to take small amounts and then incrementally increase them for the amount that you need. In other words, take a half a cup of white and a half a cup of regular, put them together, mix them up with the you know proper amount of water to get the consistency that you want, and then apply it to a, a board, a, a piece of cardboard, anything you want to, and let it dry. And once it dries, you'll see what that color is going to dry to. Typically, it'll take a couple of hours out in the sun for it to dry up to the color it's going to be because you're just going to put on a little bit. Once you get that down, then you can take that and incrementally increase it to the right mixture for a larger amount that you'll need for your project. Uh, that's great advice. Um, I wouldn't have thought of doing all that. But do you know where I can buy the white mixture? I bought it at Home Depot. Yeah, I, I bought it. Yeah, I've bought it there. Uh, now, whether they still stock it or not, I don't know. It's been a while since I've had to buy it, but I know that I've bought it there. I know I bought it at Lowe's. Um, I can I can uh, almost guarantee you, if they don't <clears throat> stock it anymore, um, McCoys are absolutely Guadalupe Lumber is still going to stock it. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. Oh, but what? You, but you're not buying concrete. Just keep that in mind. You're buying Mason's mix. Nations Correct. Mix. Okay. That's yes, right. Because if you go buy concrete, it's all gray. You'll never get right, any right. white. But if you look in the Mason's mix, you'll find the bags of white Mason's mix. White Mason's mix. Okay. And and, and so can I use that uh, by itself, or does that have to be mixed with the concrete? Nope. You can use that by yourself by itself. The, the, what you've got on the edge of that slab is actually it's not a concrete. Uh, it's not concrete on the on the edge of the slab. It's called a brown coat. And that's done okay. with a mason's mix. It's done to give it a smooth appearance rather than the rough aggregate appearance from the uh, original concrete forms. Wonderful news. Thank you so much. You're sure welcome. And and that's really the easiest way. Now, now before Quick Creek came out with that product, you would have to know how to do the right amount of sand, the yeah. right amount of cement, Absolutely. the right amount of white. Yeah, the right amount of, of, of masonry cement, the right, right amount of, of Portland plant. I mean, it's it was a whole thing. How many, well, buckets, they, how many buckets of that stuff did you mix, Martin, growing up? Uh, a few. Yeah. <laughs> more, more than a couple. <laughs> Joma, thank you very much. Thank you. We sure appreciate you being here, Jack. And, and yeah, it's it's really not hard. And, and with the Mason's Mix, it's made it so easy uh, for you to do that. In fact, our guys, you know, on a regular basis, when we're doing installations in stone homes, we have to go back in with that product around the edge of the windows to, to give it a nice look. I know a lot of people will go in and just goop tons of caulk in there, but we like to go back in and make it look like it was built in place. And that's really the easiest way to do it. So there's there if there is a right. trick, there's the trick. Yep, yep, yep. All right. Welcome back, everybody. It's the KTSA Home Improvement Show. I'm Martin Bamba, along with Jim Smith. And we are here to help. And, you know, I wanted to sing along there for a minute. All of us appreciate that you did not. Two ten five nine nine. He knows. He knows. I am jazzing in good in good natured fun. Yes, uh, but folks, Martin does have Martin does have a, a, a rule for the for the show that I am not allowed to sing. That's it. That's it. That's right. Two ten five nine nine fifty five fifty five is the number. Two ten five nine nine fifty five fifty five is the number to get in on the conversation this morning. We'd love to talk to you. Uh, your home improvement questions. What it's all about. And uh, let's go to Mike. Mike. Good morning. Welcome to the KTSA Home Improvement Show. Hey, um, so a few weeks ago, we had some pretty good hailstorms, and, and 
the insurance agent that I had noted that on my edge of my windows on the second story, I had cracks, the hail hit cracks on these little plastic or vinyl inserts on the edge of the window. That is the that's the glazing uh, bead. That's the glazing bead. That's what holds the glass in place. It's called the glazing bead or the glazing strip. And so are those repaired in some way, or do you have to replace the window? Those can be repaired, uh, depending on the age of the window and, and how readily available that particular type of glazing strip is. Uh, yes, they can be repaired. You, you, uh, they get brittle. Uh, they... Uh, are very often damaged in hailstorms of, you know, probably marble size plus. If they hit just right, you're going to crack them. But those can be pulled out and replaced. The problem with that is oftentimes when they're pulling those out, they will crack your glass and then you will end up with a full window replacement. But uh, the insurance company, when they inspect, if all they find uh, is is wrong with your windows, is that glazing bead is damaged, all they're going to pay for is the repa- replacement of that glazing bead. Now, if in the commission of replacing that glazing bead, glazing bead, your window gets damaged or cracked, you can go back to them for a supplement at that point. But that's all they're going to pay for uh, as long as that's all that's, that's wrong. Okay, and, and so that being cracked, is there silicone or something, uh, some other seal that... Um that is still intact, or is that just a covering for that seal? Or, or uh, no, your seal. Yeah, your seal is actually a, a piece of glazing tape that goes behind the glass, or silicone, depending on the manufacturer. It could be silicone, could be a glazing tape that goes behind the edge of the glass and up against the interior surface of the frame that it sits against. The glazing bead is just a piece that holds that glass in place and, and gives you a decorative trim around the outside. Sometimes the inside. There, there are interior glazed windows, and there are exterior glazed windows. It just depends on the manufacturer. So as far as your advice on attempting to repair this, should I just go ahead and do that and make sure I get it done now, or do I, or is it more of an aesthetic issue and just let it? let it be no no you definitely want to get it you you definitely want to get it fixed because you don't want water seeping in there in that edge it yep, also it, helps right go ahead, just, just in case there's any uh small breaches in that glazing seal on the inside you don't want to take the chance that water's going to seep in there um also as the if that if it's not held tight against the sealant then that sealant could begin to uh deteriorate the easiest way to tell if your sealant is deteriorated is just tap on the pane if the pane rattles then you need to call your insurance company back out and show them that and try to get a supplement to go ahead and replace the windows because now that window, you're not just talking about replacing a glazing bead. You're talking about repla- pulling all the glass out and resealing it. Okay, and and it just sounds like I should go to a window. Somebody folk, somebody focuses and specializes in windows versus some other general contractor. You should go with a glass company, a glazing company. If you're looking at getting them reglazed, then you want to definitely go with a glass company. Okay, very good. Thank you very much. You're sure welcome. Thank you, Mike. We appreciate that. Uh, let's go to Mark. Mark, good morning. Welcome to the KTSA Home Improvement Show. Good morning, Roy. I have a couple of questions on roofs. I have a tile roof that's probably about uh, 20 years old, um, and I heard you people talk about it in the past, about aluminum or copper coating on the underside in the attic. What are your comments about that for insulation? Uh, you mean like a... a, a, a Radiant barrier coating, an yes, aluminized yeah. radiant barrier? Yes, uh-huh. Right, yeah, you can definitely put a radiant barrier on that, and it's definitely going to help, um, absolutely. Okay, now it's going to add, is that going to add a significant weight to the roof since it's already a tile roof? Is that, a, is that an issue or not? No. 
Okay. And do you recommend aluminum versus copper? I know the expense might be a little different. I've never heard of a copper radiant barrier. Oh, really? Okay. Okay. Yeah. okay. That's a new one. That's a new one for me, too. Okay. And then also, uh, who, who in town would you recommend to do that? Or do you do, you do that? Or We don't. Martin, do you... Radiant Barrier, an insulating company is the main thing you'd want to look at. You uh, might. Yeah, probably Williams Insulation would be the one that I would I would recommend. Here's the here's thing about Radiant Barrier, and I want to caution you about this, is there, there are companies in town that are charging three times what they should be for Radiant Barrier. And uh, you, you don't have to pay $3 a, a, a square foot for Radiant Barrier. Uh, somewhere between ninety-nine cents to about a buck seventy-five is the most you should be paying for radiant barrier installation. Okay, okay, that's good to know. Okay. And then also, uh, since it is uh, twenty years old, it's 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 a little ugly on the outside of the tile and needs to be cleaned. Uh, can I do that myself, or uh, it's only a one story, or is there uh, a, a way you could recommend doing that so it's not too too expensive? Um, how how is it got has it got a really steep pitch to it? Um. Fairly steep, yes. Okay, well, then I definitely wouldn't suggest that you try to get up there and walk on it. Um, you, you don't really want to walk on a clay tile roof anyway. You want to try to keep from walking on it. Um, if you can get to the to the edges of the roof, maybe with a ladder and get up there, if you're proficient on a ladder or comfortable on a ladder, and use your garden sprayer with some good cleaner, um, any type of a good cleaner, that uh, the type that uh, you screw onto the end of the garden hose. Okay. And you get up there and soak that down and then rinse it down, and that's going to be about the best you're going to be able to do without hiring a company to come in and do it. Okay. So, so the the uh, people, well, the cleaners that you're talking about, what kind of cleaner? Is it just called roof cleaner or something? Or no, what? no. I mean, they make different ones. There's uh, siding, uh, siding cleaners. There's glass cleaner. I okay. would start off with just the glass cleaner. Um, you just need something with a little bit of soap in it to, to work the dirt loose, let it sit up there for a few minutes, and then rinse it off. Okay. Okay. Um, and then uh, also um, – uh, do you, are there people in town that can do that? Do you recommend anybody? Or I would have to, I would have to tell you to call a handyman service uh, because okay. even if they don't do it, they can probably recommend somebody better than I could. Okay, okay. Well, I appreciate your show. Enjoy listening to you guys this morning, and uh, thanks for the advice. I appreciate it. Thank you, Mark. We appreciate you being a part of the show as well. Uh, let's get to Frank. Frank, good morning. Welcome to the KTSA Home Improvement Show. Uh, good morning, uh, gentlemen. I live in an apartment, and I'm going to probably stay another year. My lease is up soon. And the tiles in the kitchen, I want to put tiles over it. And I've seen on YouTube where you could put, like, a uh, poster board over it first so that then you put the tiles on, and then when you leave, you can remove the whole thing without touching the tiles below that. And I wasn't sure if that's, like, good standard practice. No. <laughs> no, it's not because if that poster board shifts on uh, uh, under there, especially when you're walking on it, that could be the probably one of the biggest slip hazards you've ever seen in your life. Okay, yeah, I, I went to Lowe's or Home Depot, and they have like these big rolls of twelve foot uh, rolls that look like uh, floor tiles. Do you recommend those things to put on? Over? If you put it down there, just keep in mind it's going to constantly move on you. If you don't glue it to the existing okay. floor, it's going to constantly move. So when I sign for my lease, I could just ask the landlord if they could put it down. And if yes, could, if you sign a new lease, just ask the landlord if they if you can get a, a, a kitchen tile re, a, a retile in the kitchen. A lot of times they'll the, the, they'll do that uh, for for a new lease. Yeah, I've been here for fifteen years, so I think it's it's. Too. It's probably time. Yeah. It's probably time. Okay, then it's not a DUI. DUI. <laughs> okay, no, not in a, not, not in an apartment. Not in an apartment. No. No. Thank you very much, gentlemen. You have a great day. 
Thanks, Frank. Sure appreciate that. And uh, let's see here. We can probably get one more in before we go to break. Uh, let's get to Shorty. Shorty, good morning. Welcome to the KTSA Home Improvement Show. Yes, sir. Uh, you were talking about the radiant barrier. I had yes. A, I won't mention the name. Uh, I had them come out to my, uh, uh, my river house out here at uh, Concan. And they gave me an estimate. I, I, it's just a small house. It's thirteen to fifteen hundred square foot. Um, they gave me a price of eight thousand dollars to spray. <laughs> uh, that's that's a hell of a travel charge. <laughs> no kidding, man. All right, now, now y'all pay but ninety nine cents to a buck and a quarter a while ago. But where do I where do I get that at? Well, you're well, going to pay a little you're, more. You're going to pay Concan. a little. Yeah, you are going to pay a little more out in contact, uh, Concan to be sure, because that's that's a, a pretty good trek for any company. But um, you, you know, even out there, I would have to say that uh, you're probably going to be you know two dollars maybe a square foot. Okay. And who 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 do y'all have a number I could call? You know, it, it depends on if they go out there or not. The companies that we recommend or we talk, well, I don't recommend them. They're just companies that I know of and, and that I know do this kind of work and have done it for a long time. Williams Insulation is a really well-known one in San Antonio. Now, I don't know if they travel to Concan or not. Okay. And uh, you might want to give them a call. and. and go ahead. No, no, I, you might just want to give them a call and, and, and check with them. Now, I recommend, I will tell you this, that uh, between the, the spray-on radiant barrier and the roll radiant barrier, I recommend the roll radiant barrier. Um, the the copper radiant barrier that, uh, that, that one of the callers alluded to earlier, there is a product that is a copper radiant barrier. Now, whether it is really that much more efficient than the other radiant barriers, I I would not even begin to tell you. I bet you it is not. Uh, but foil radiant barrier is what I recommend, and and I'm I'm telling you, you you can get that installed for two dollars a square foot or less. Okay, um, and that's on a ten roof. Well, it, it, yeah, it, it, it's any kind of roof. It goes up underneath your your rafters. It goes up underneath your rafters and staples to the underside. Do you have room in your attic to do that? No, I'm sorry. This is stuff that goes on the roof, on the tin roof. Oh, okay. So you you don't have room oh, in the spray, attic. Oh, oh, it's, so you're telling me it sprays on top of the roof? Yes. Yeah. yeah, that's a whole different product. What we're talking about is radiant barrier that goes in your attic, either under the rafters. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I don't know anything about the product you're talking about, but that still sounds really high to me. Well, Martin, I just applied that product to the roof of all the kennels that he's talking about. I've got metal roofs on the kennels, and I just applied that. Um, it's basically it's just it's, a reflective radiant barrier coating for your roof. Is yes, that what we're talking yes, about? Yes, it's a, it's okay. a, a roll-on or spray-on uh, reflective radiant barrier. Well, and Jim and I will come out and do it for 6000 uh, yeah, before you say, <laughs> before you go too far with that, Martin. Before you go too far with that, just know yeah. that my cost. I paid a hundred dollars a gallon for the for the material. But how many gallons did it take you? Uh, about five gallons. Okay, so that's five hundred dollars. Yep. Okay. Eight thousand. No, it's not. Eight, it's not eight thousand. No, it, it is not eight thousand. That's but what I was I'm also, getting at. But I was also and, only and, doing about two hundred square feet. Yeah, and, and, and I joke. I joke about coming out and doing that, but, but to me, 8000 seems really, really high. I mean, even at, a, at 100 bucks a gallon, it seems really high. It did to me also. 
Well, and, and, and it may it may very well be. Uh, I don't know. I haven't priced anybody having anybody apply that. But I'm just trying to play devil's advocate here. Yeah, and I, and I don't I don't know what the exact product is that he was quoted. Right. Um, you know, so I, I'm, I I couldn't answer that. He may have quoted but, you something with gold dust in it. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> you don't know. Can I tell you what the name was, or would you rather I don't? Uh, well, the name the, of the yeah, product? Uh, yeah, I'd like to know the name of the product if you know the name of the product. Well, it's a tough whatever. Okay. Okay. Oh, okay. I know. I know. Uh, and and yet, that's going to be extremely expensive. Uh, that's that's their pricing. That is their pricing. Yeah. There's other product out there that's going to be uh, less expensive, but that's their pricing. Yeah. yeah. And 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 you know they 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 know what their pricing structure is, and that's why there's a free market, and you can choose to get another quote. And um, uh, man, yeah. I just don't know who else to call. I've never heard anybody. And see, that's and see, that's the problem is because especially out there in in Concan, I don't know that you're gonna find anybody else willing to come out there. Right, right. Okay. It may be well, something where you just want to go to the big box store and pick up the uh, the reflective uh, elastomeric uh, roof coating yourself and paint it on yourself, just like I did. All right. Well, All right. Okay. Well, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Appreciate you calling this morning. Thanks for being a part of the show. Welcome back, everybody. It's KTSA Home Improvement Show. Martin Bamba, Jim Smith. And we are here to help. And uh, I think Tesla's coming through San Antonio this summer. Uh, just saw this past week that Sebastian Bach yes. is going to be performing in San Antonio uh, later on this year. Yes. And uh, if you don't know who Sebastian Bach is, uh, he is uh, kind of an over-the-top... <laughs> If you've ever seen an interview with Sebastian Bach, he is the most animated dude. He is so funny. Uh, but uh, Sebastian was the lead singer for Skid Row back in the 80s, mm-hmm. and uh, he's going to actually be pr- uh, promoting their uh, their their breakthrough album. And I'm, I'm trying to remember the name of the album, um, but it, it's the one that had Youth Gone Wild and a bunch of other hits on it and he's performing it in its entirety whenever he comes through town and he's one of these guys that from back uh back at that time a lot of them really blew their voices out and can't sing anymore and sound terrible no sebastian bach can still hit the notes and still sounds awesome and uh in fact he went on after his uh his metal career for a while there he uh he went on to star in phantom of the opera and do some broadway stuff and and uh he is he is a unique individual and uh so i'm 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 hoping i can get to see him when he, whenever he rolls through town there's a lot of great uh shows coming through town actually yeah there's yeah, yeah too many to too many to even try to go to all of them yeah yeah and and, and i was uh i i get these um posts from the brontex out in new Braunfels, and the brontex theater in new Braunfels has this uh classic country series going on for like the next 6 months or so and they've got Kathy Matea coming. They've got the Oak Ridge Boys coming. Um, uh, man, I can't remember all of them, but they've got a bunch of great acts coming through the Brontex. If you're if you're a fan of that era of country music, there's a lot of that '80s country coming through. Almost sounds like whenever Texas Pride does their summer concert series. Yeah, yeah, you know, kind of, kind of the same type of artists, and and yep. that's always fun. But, but man, between the Tobin and the Majestic and the AT and T Center and and all the other great venues, floors and all the other great venues, saw that Steve Warner is coming to Floors Country Store later on this year. That's uh, that's going to be one I'd love to go see. 
Um, but uh, anyway, lots of good music. Uh, San Antonio is a great music town, and uh, I'm hoping in the near future we're going to have that venue that brings in those acts that only go through Austin or Houston or Dallas that never make it to San Antonio because we, we don't have a venue that's right for those particular types of acts. And, and, and there is a particular type of show that comes to those towns that do, that do not come to our town because we don't have the right venue. And by that, I mean we don't have that amphitheater. Uh, we kind of had a hole that was left whenever the Verizon Wireless Amphitheater converted and shut down, and then now it's a church. But rumor has it that there's another amphitheater coming into San Antonio out in the Schertz area. And if if and when that actually does happen, we will start seeing some of these acts come through, and that's going to be a good thing for the live music fans in San Antonio. Um, Let's get back to the phone lines, though, 210-599-5555, as we go to Roy. Roy, good morning. Welcome to the KTSA Home Improvement Show. Good morning. How y'all doing? Outstanding, Roy. How can we help you this morning? Well, I wanted to ask you a question on the garage I have. It's a 26 by 36, one-story, uh, eight-foot uh, with two-by-six rafters. And I'll, I was questioning, I've got a... Uh, 18 by 7 foot garage door with no ventilation in the rear. I was considering putting a uh, 7 by 10 foot roll up rear door for ventilation. Uh, it has no insulation. Would you go insulation or put that door in the back? I use it as my work garage. Are you going to? Man, con- if, you're, if, if you're using it as a work garage and that's what it is, as a workshop for you, there's a lot of reasons I would do that door. Um, it's great for ventilation, but it's also very convenient to be able to pull things in and out and through. Um, I have, I actually have a garage, a roll-up garage door on the back side of my garage at my house, and I can't tell you how convenient that is when it comes to you know hauling mulch and fertilizer and stuff that I need to take to my backyard through my garage. It's, it's a, I, I highly recommend it. You, when you ask about insulating, are you going to be conditioning that space, or are you just going to leave it uh, as unconditioned? Unconditioned. Do not insulate, because if you insulate unconditioned space, all you do is hold the heat in. Woo, okay. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to do that. No, no. Well, that sounds good. It's uh, very positive to hear you have that rear door. I think I'm going to get right on it. I appreciate it. Yes, sir. I think you'll be real happy with that. I, I really do. Make, uh, sure, hey, though, make sure you run a good header. Make sure you run a good header across that opening that you've oh, got, though. Oh, yeah, yeah. I know all about that. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Roy, good luck. Good luck. I know that's going to be right. a, a, a good thing for you there. Uh, hey, Chris. Uh, yeah, hey, man, you're welcome. You're welcome. Thanks a lot, Roy. Uh, Chris was uh, did, did his research, and I should have known this. Skid Row's debut album was a self-titled album called Skid Row. So there you go. He's, he's performing that in its entirety whenever Sebastian Bach comes through town. Hey, I also saw that the Eagles added a third show for their Vegas uh, appearance in September. Yeah, it's going to be the only time that the Eagles are playing in in uh, the United States during during this year, and they've added a third show in Las Vegas uh, in in late September. So I'll bet you already have your tickets, though, don't you? You know, if you were a betting man, and since we're talking about Vegas, uh, you you know, uh, if if you were a betting man, you would probably win some money if you said yes, I do. Yeah, that's uh, what I figured. <laughs> that's what I figured. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, welcome back, everybody. It's the KTSA Home Improvement Show. Martin, Baba, and Jim Smith, right here. And we are here to help. And uh, 
We probably have time for maybe, maybe one more caller, maybe two if we're really lucky at 210-599-5555, 210-599-5555. Uh, but right now we want to talk to you a little bit about uh, countertops. Um, right now Debbie and I are going through uh, some countertop removal choices uh, and replacement choices uh, at, at our house, and and uh, we've been looking at a couple of different choices out there, and, and, and there are other choices, but the two top choices in countertops right now, uh, pretty much nationwide, are quartz countertops and granite countertops. And so it's kind of forced me to go in and, and take a deep dive and, and take a look at the different uh, reasons that people choose you know one or the other now for for many years granite countertops have been our choice in the bomba house uh because we just love the the look of the natural stone and it, and it is a beautiful product and there are so many different choices out there when it comes to granite i i mean you you've got from your very basic level one to level i don't know how high it goes up maybe level seven eight i don't know but um you can go from very reasonable to very expensive um, when it comes to countertops, and if, if you don't believe the the you know the divide and the debate that's going on out there with these things, uh, you haven't watched House Hunters recently. <laughs> you you haven't watched any HGTV show recently because there uh, really are uh, some some strong opinions out there. But hey, is one really better than the other, or is it merely a matter of aesthetics? Well, uh, this is an article from uh, from HGTV where they have broken down. The, uh, the the categories uh, versus you know granite versus quartz uh, the debate and uh, they kind of give you the, the 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 pros and the cons of all of them and so we thought we would kind of dive into that here uh, and and talk a little bit about that on the show today and and get through this uh, this morning so uh, breaking down quartz and uh, and and granite there there are five categories that uh, that they that they kind of graded them on and the first one is appearance. And uh, you know, granite comes in in a lot of different colors and patterns, and uh, and and it's it's a natural product that's that's co- uh, that that, that uh, is molten, and then it's cooled and solidified in the earth. And you know, whether you're looking for for something really subtle or something that really pops, there's a lot of differences and a lot of things to choose from. Uh, quartz, on the other hand, uh, is uh, has exploded in popularity due to its its appearance. Uh, quartz has the look of stone while also allowing homeowners to customize the design of this product. Granite offers many options in terms of appearance. Uh, you, you may have to search for the exact right piece that matches your color scheme, whereas with quartz, the selection process is so much easier. Um, what about price, Jim? On the price, uh, if, if you know, just an average um, project cost installed with granite, you could be anywhere between $2,000 and $4,000. Um, and that's just an average. Um, you know, you can spend, you can save a little bit of money by purchasing the material from a wholesaler and doing a lot of the prep yourself. But you always want to have it installed by a professional. Whereas quartz, on the other hand, um, you could be anywhere between fifteen hundred and fifty-five hundred for the same size of an area. Now you can do some of the preliminary work to save money, but because engineered quartz is so much heavier than the granite. You really need a professional to even come in and inspect your cabinets to make sure that they're structurally sound to hold the countertops up. Yeah, and and I will tell you from looking at the two different products that there are uh, there are 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 definitely um, some very distinct differences in in the quality not the not necessarily quality but the, the there there are different levels in the quartz 
field that uh, really can drastically affect the price. Now, environmentally friendly, uh, the only way to uh, grant it ends up in your kitchen is if it's quarried, and that uses a lot of energy. That's one thing. Uh, if you offer a high-end slab from Italy, for example, there's going to be transportation involved. Uh, try to use indigenous stone if you can, uh, although in, in, in Texas we have some gorgeous uh, stone, but you know it's limited. Uh, quartz is engineered and can be more environmentally friendly. Uh, cuts down on the distance of material because locally fabricated in many instances. And there's so much more for us to talk about, but we are so out of time. Uh, coming up, it's the KTSA Automotive Show with Louis Sirianni. Be sure to stick around for that. Later on, it's the What's It Worth Show with Mike Hermes. And we will see you next week right here, same time, same place, on the KTSA Home Improvement Show.